Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and today on the show, we'll talk with food writer Nick Rallo about one of our favorite foods, sandwiches. And no, that does not mean hot dogs. That'll be another episode. We'll also hear from Sarah Blaskovich and Evan Grant as they try out the new foods at Globe Life Field in Arlington. It's going to be fun and delicious and maybe even a little bit weird. And it all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited to have you here for our second show. Later on, we'll be talking all about sandwiches and wild baseball food. But now we're going to kick the show off like we always will with some quick bites on what's in the news. But first, let me introduce y'all to our special guest this week, Nick Rallo. He's a food writer who contributes to the Dallas Morning News as well as the Dallas Observer and Texas Monthly. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Good. I'm a little... Uh, creaky today. I apologize for my toad voice, and hopefully I won't sound like this every week, but the um, allergies and pollen have have caught up with me a little bit, seems like. And I'm just weird in general, so we're good. <laughs> okay, all right. Awesome. So it's been a pretty big week in food and restaurant news, and it seems like spring, in addition to allergies, is a big time for restaurant openings and lots of other stuff going on. Um, so we'll talk about the biggest stuff this week. Um, Mexican food and Tex-Mex has been uh, big in the news. We've had Italian food before with Carbone, Sassetta, and Vino. But uh, last week, we had a resurgence of stories about Don Artemio in Fort Worth, Odele in Dallas, and AG Texican near uh, Lovefield Airport. And La Victoria on Haskell was also totally swamped this week after Yelp named their burrito the best in Texas. And Nick, I know you're a fan of La Victoria. Have you had their burrito? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been around for a long time, and it's it's one of those places that opens at you know bright and early, and just has no pretension whatsoever, or you know it doesn't care about food trends. It's just here's a burrito. It's warm. It's tasty. It's inexpensive. They have a bean burrito there that I have a an obsession with that, that rarely ever makes it home from the car. <laughs> she actually served, she does the 12 inch flour tortillas uh-huh. um, and kind of seals them with, you know, toast them on the griddle to seal them. So they're perfectly shaped for a hand, you know, just that's <laughs> all you need is one arm and a driver, you know, your hand on the wheel and you're, you're set to go. Awesome. Yet I know the, um, the owner Vicky texted me about how swamped they were. Um, that it was a blessing, but there were there's at least an hour wait for food there the last week. Yeah, she does a lot of so uh, breakfast burritos in bulk, and 
I know she she mows through the line fast. Like that's one of those places <laughs> where she cooks like they're everyone's her kids co- going out to school, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's basically just her and like one or two other people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, good for them. Y'all should get out to La Victoria. Maybe not this week. Maybe give it about a week or something and then and then go check it out. Other trends in the news this past week. I am a huge fan of mochi donuts. And I have had them. I used to get them at Fat Straws. And there's a spot at Mitsua Marketplace in Plano that I like to get them. But lately, there seemed to be an expansion of them in North Texas. Like Mochi Nut, I know, opened in Carrollton. And then expanded to Frisco and Richardson. So I'm super excited about that. And I think there's even one in North Richland Hills right now called Golden Crown. Nick, have you ever had mochi donuts? I, I was going to say, I have to confess, I've never had one before. <laughs> and I I rarely, I have a problem with donuts where if I have one, I kind of like <laughs> have to get so many that I, I kind of black out and wake up somewhere else in a different city. So it's like, if I have a really good mochi donut, I might just wake up the week later in New Orleans, like in the middle of a parade or something. So uh, I I have to limit that exposure. So please tell me why they are awesome. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't tell you why they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, where to go. Yeah. <laughs> but I love them. They're made with rice flour. I think usually a mix of rice flour and regular flour, but they're really super duper chewy. And um, my kid loves them too. So we always go... Uh, get those as a special treat for him. I, I and there's always world. fun flavors. I love this world where we're we're experimenting with new flowers. I don't know if you saw, but there there's cricket flour that's available oh, yes. now for yeah. people. And I really like the idea of cooking more things with cricket flour. I think I agree. You have more cricket bread, uh, maybe like a cricket rye. <laughs> yes, cricket sourdough. Cricket sourdough. I actually asked one of my writers, Tina Dancy, to write about that several years ago. And she actually still talks to me, which is amazing. But I was like, hey, can you go write about crickets? And she was like, yes, absolutely. So it was great. But it was interesting learning about about cricket flour because, you know, a lot of people see it as sort of very environmentally friendly. Crickets are obviously plentiful, cheap. There's plenty of them. And lots of protein. You know, yeah. like whenever you accidentally eat a bug, your parents would say, well, it's protein. Good for you. You know, yeah, just move not, on. not to jump into that thread, but I went to Mexico a couple of years ago and I had for the first time I had they did, they had a service at a at a resort restaurant I was at where they provided guacamole with a ton of toppings kind of in a cart that came to the table. And um, several of the toppings were insects, including uh, big giant crispy ants, um, uh, little crispy worms, and um, crickets. The the the, the chapulinas, you know, the little mm-hmm. ones. Not the you Texans hear crickets, or you know, and you think of the ones that are like pooled at Wet and Wild, right like, from the from the nineties. But these are little little guys, and that was the first time I've ever had ants, and definitely the first time I've ever had worms on guacamole. Let me just say. Hmm. Interesting. They were all tasty. Better than peas and guacamole? Way better than pea pea mole. Yeah. (laughs) This was a thing I wish would catch on because they were delicious. Cool. Well, maybe we'll have a whole segment later on about about bugs. (laughs) I think that would be awesome. Okay. Other stuff in the news this week. Uh, Bagels. I know we've talked about bagels a lot before. Um, But this week, 
actress Emma Watson was in town to teach some local theater students. And then she stopped by Sclafani's in Preston Center. And she even wrote a note on their board, um, on their sign, calling them the best bagels in Dallas. And she defaced it with her. <laughs> she did deface it. And I don't know if she has tasted every single bagel in Dallas in order to make that claim, but they are pretty good bagels there. Um, and other stuff in the news, Nick, I know this will interest you, mm-hmm. but WrestleMania was in town and in partnership with that, I think, uh, there was a WWE Smackadillas pop-up, I think on DoorDash and Grubhub and, you know, all those delivery apps, I think pretty much on everything. And I think they're still available. I just checked them up on DoorDash. Um, and we didn't write about it, but... <laughs> But they're very funny, the names of things. I, I, I liked the, the onion rumble. <laughs> yeah, and I love this I, I love the era of challenge food coming back a little bit in the in the name of it. I mean, and I also I couldn't help but laugh really hard when I searched it um right after I read that story, I was kind of interested in speak more about the site and I searched it and my my browser bar said, Did you mean to go to smackadillas.com? And I just thought that was a great question to to get through my browser but it made me kind of miss all the challenge food things that we used to get before you know everything was so sincerely terrible during the pandemic like there there used to be a a glut of fast food sandwiches that were named after things that could kill you like the baconator at wendy's was (laughs) named after the terminator which is a a relentless machine from the future designed to, to kill you like that's an amazing name for a sandwich <laughs> yes i think dallas would have you know a plethora of those kinds of foods here with all of yeah, the, definitely more wrestling the giant offensive wrestling food that we have <laughs> here <laughs> it's like it literally it, it made it seem like the sandwich was going to pile drive me or something <laughs> yes and maybe it will. The smackadillas. I don't know. I think you just eat them, but maybe they actually do smack you across the face. I don't know. It might. It might. It could. Yes, they could. Well, awesome. We'll talk more crazy food with the Rangers foods coming up in the third segment. Um, but for now, that's a wrap up for our news of the week. Thank you, Nick, for joining us to talk news. And coming up, we'll be talking about what makes the perfect sandwich. We'll be right back. Central Market is really into food. Like, when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back to Eat Drink DFW. I'm Erin, and we're back to talk about sandwiches, a topic I know is near and dear to Nick. But first, Nick, since this this is the first time on our show, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into food writing. Yeah, I feel like food has always been something I've wanted to write about. I've always been writing things uh, since I was a kid, but uh, food as a business and as a family and as a community and as a culture has always been a big part of my family. Um, everyone on my side, my mom and dad's side is Sicilian. Um, many restaurants are in the family. My, my mom, 
her side of the family had uh, ran a pizza joint in Mount Vernon, New York, um, for you know several decades. And on my dad's side uh, in Baltimore, right in the harbor there, there was a, a diner run by my grandfather and his uncles uh, that served uh, you know soldiers coming into the the Chesapeake um, you know for a long, long time. And that was decades after they everyone in my family got here through Ellis Island. Uh, you know, I had the the back in the day um, trip to Ellis Island where we got our name, you know, uh, that we did the rubbings off the wall in Ellis Island. And it was mm-hmm. one of those trips that any trip to New York can light you up, light up your food part of the, your brain, but really getting into the culture of New York and the food that my parents grew up on, um, on the East coast is, such a big deal for me, but you know, so food has always been an event, a thing in our household, but also just an everyday love and a passion. And I love writing about food and eating food. It's, it's the, the quickest art form. It's the most immediate art form that gets made and then, you know, immediately gobbled up. I love, I love that about food. I love that. It's, it's this thing. It's like, here's, this thing that sustains us, but we love it so much. We turned it into something cool. Uh, Even if it's, uh, you know, a patty melt being made on the griddle or, um, you know, a a really deconstructed pasta or something, you know, it's, I love the, the immediacy of food, but I also just, I grew up loving it so much. It makes, it makes me happy, you know, more than, more than most things. (laughs) And so what are some of the the dishes you remember from your childhood that were your favorite? Oh yeah, that's I love that question because <laughs> there's there's so much Italian comfort food that I grew up on that I couldn't find anywhere else in the city, especially it, even just now I'm just starting to see some of the stuff I grew up on, you know, baked ziti uh was something right. my mom made. Um you know, Sunday dinners where, where she would fry up chicken cutlets um, and, you know, turn them into sandwiches after with roasted peppers. And I had this, this memory, um, you know, whenever I was sick that my mom would do uh, like a simple pasta with uh, Parmesan and pepper. And I realized later that I was really kind of eating my mom's version of the, you know, the dish that's kind of trendy now, the, the cacio e pepe, you know, which is basically pasta water with pepper and, you know, little olive oil. And that's what I would have. And it was just something I grew up with, but now we're starting to see it on menus and it makes me happy to see that. Cool. And are you, are you excited about all of the, um, the new Italian restaurants opening? Yeah, I think it's in the past few years, it was hard to find some of those homegrown Italian stuff. And you, right. you would find Italian cooking that was, either wit so upscale that you was, it was unapproachable or it would only be night out Italian food. And we obviously have some of that now, like at Monarch, but I love seeing like Carbones does, you know, just Italian sub sandwiches and Jimmy's just recently relaunched their hot sandwiches, which, you know, brings yep. tears to my eyes. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the beauty of Jimmy's. I love how at Jimmy's, if you're waiting on your sandwich, there's no more uh, conversational and togetherness 
at restaurants I've seen than when you're waiting for something at Jimmy's. People are so willing to be like, hey, is that a new thing that, you know, you're, they're just willing to chat about food, which is amazing because some people, it's there for the first time. And those people are like swarmed. They're like, you're going to love this so much. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's cool to see that becoming ingrained in culture. Like in East Dallas, that's not that area where Jimmy's is, isn't known for Italian food or something. It's not like little Italy, right. but that little store is little Italy. So. Right. Exactly. Would you consider Jimmy's one of like the, the best sandwich places in Dallas? Or I think the- for, the, for the cost. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that, I mean, they've, they've worked hard to keep prices low and um, you know, on my, one of my recent stories with the morning news uh, during the pandemic, when we were, you know, chatting with places that were trying to keep things going, I I remember talking to the Jimmy's owner, and I forget which brother I spoke with at this <laughs> moment, but uh, he was talking about how they they won't budge on uh, their meatball prices, and I was thinking how big of a deal that is because he's got a super affordable meatball sub sandwich, mm-hmm. and and it's really good for the price, uh, better than you know. There's a lot of sandwiches that are just as good that are $14, $15. And this one's under 10 and it's right. because they refuse to overprice it. And I think that's, um, that makes it one of the better sandwiches to me. It's like, you're getting really fresh, fun food for not, you know, wallet busting. Yeah. And their sandwiches are huge too. Like I can never, yeah. <laughs> I could never finish one. It's like, yeah, they're definitely arm length if you, if you want them to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're like the width of your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. Are they're, They eclipse your face. That's, <laughs> that's what it should be. Right. And so talking about sandwiches, what do you think are some of the elements that make a great sandwich? Yeah. It's, it's funny that I was thinking through the answer to this and it's, your brain does that thing where it's like, well, you got to have great bread and then you got to have this great, you know, protein. And then you realize you're just describing the entire sandwich. But I, <laughs> I think that the best ones, the most important sandwiches, the ones that you like drift back to, you know, when you're, when you're craving a thing are the ones you can just tell were made with some kind of memory, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, one of my, one of my favorite sandwiches and maybe the it, the story influences the favoritism because the ingredients right. are simple. But um, I love Thunderbird Station's uh, bologna sandwich a uh-huh. lot, and it's because I, I, maybe half of it's I think because the owner Kim Finch told me a great story about how it, the bologna sandwich was inspired by trips with her dad, where they would kind of pull over to grab a you know just off the road like from a a quick gas station or something, they would grab a a bologna sandwich. And I just, I feel like you can kind of tell because the sandwich has some thought and love with it because it's kept simple, but also the ingredients are good. Like the bologna is from Rudolph's, which is over a century old in Dallas. And it's just, and, but it's also, so it's like good Rudolph's bologna, but then also like the neon yellow American cheese, and it's griddled, um, and it just—it's just one of those happy-inducing things. So I think an important ingredient with sandwich making is like to have to have some enjoyment with what you're doing. Like you have to love it a little bit. I feel like to make a good sandwich, right? Because 
there's nothing more disappointing than a disappointment sandwich. <laughs> the sad desk sandwich. <laughs> a sad desk sandwich, yes. <laughs> like when there's too much bread or right. it's not the right bread for the sandwich. Right. Or if the if the lettuce or the ingredient the uh, veg- veggies that are included are sad, you know, <laughs> fresh fresh tomatoes are can change your life on a sandwich. Yep. I think it's the uh I read this on Serious Eats about a BLT, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, that uh, the one of the writers over there called it a BLT, a tomato sandwich with bacon. And I was right. that's a good way to think of it because it's if you don't have good tomatoes on a sandwich like that, it's the it's sad. <laughs> right. I could I could go off on so many great sandwiches right now. <laughs> okay. And sandwiches we missed too. I realized as I was list- listing those out that there were so many. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like sandwiches in Dallas that we miss. I know Brown Bag Provisions is temporarily yeah. closed, which is a super big bummer mm-hmm. um, because I really loved there. And I'm not someone who like eats a lot of pastrami sandwiches. Like it's normally not my thing. Um, but they had their meat and patience pastrami that yeah. I'm sure I got it because they recommended it to me. Um, and it was just like really amazing. Um, so I, I kind of missed that place. That was kind of a go-to, a go-to sandwich place. But what are some of your other, your go-to sandwich places? I, so go-to sandwich places uh, right now, um, at pretty much every, every couple of, you know, every other Saturday or something, I, I go down to uh, the Bilad Bakery in Richardson to get their shawarma on their, they, they bake every day. Uh, you know, it's an oblong bread. They call it Iraqi bread there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure if that's the, the standard name for it, but they it's so good and fresh and warm, and they do shawarma, like, really early in the morning. And um, it's as simple as that, you know, the the Trumpo-style shawarma, shawarma just spinning, spinning meat cones really early in the morning are great. <laughs> Uh, love that. The fastest buying experience I have in the city is when uh, Sandwich Hag offers their chef special banh mi, which is the the zumai, uh, the meatball, Vietnamese meatball sandwich on in a banh mi style. Because her her meatballs with in her sauce are just outrageous. It's like the best non Italian meatball sandwich in the city by far. That's the fastest thing I buy. I think. <laughs> In the city. But yes, also the pastrami sandwich at Brown Bag. I miss that. Right. I also go to, I live in East Dallas, so I, I I am a sucker for the Cubano at Havana Cafe. Oh, yeah. Um, really good. They also have a, a garlic sauce there that I think dilates your pupils. It makes you like <laughs> see see into the future. Like there's so much garlic, you start to see the matrix or something. <laughs> right. Um, and the uh, porchetta sandwich at Carbones is is nuts. Right. Love it. And you mean Carbones, not Carbone, the new. Yeah. Carbones. Fancy. Yeah. Right. Not Carbone. By Julian Barsati. Yeah. Carbones. It's just Carbone singular. Right. Right. The, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah the and then sandwich too, I'm, that I mentioned. And I also, this time of year is awesome for soft shell crab, which is uh-huh. like, I grew up, uh, you know, with, I was going to say I grew up with crabs, but that sounds really weird. <laughs> Um, I grew up with eating a lot of, enjoying a lot of crab boils and stuff because my, my 
half my dad's side is from Maryland and Baltimore. So uh, soft shell crab is something to seek out, but the Creo over in Oak Cliff, they're, they're so good. They have a soft shell crab on me. That's outrageous. That's awesome. And so what, in your opinion, like with bread, like how important is the bread to a sandwich? I, I mean, it's, it's, Everything on a sandwich can make or break a good sandwich, obviously. But if right. you have bad bread, it's something you could spot immediately and note that it's not the right thing. Also, because some sandwiches just need the vehicle to be good. <laughs> if you don't have the the right kind of bread for the right sandwich, it can just it's a mood killer. <laughs> There's nothing worse than than like a cheeseburger with too small of a bun or a BLT that has so much thickness to the bread that you're like kind of choking a little bit. <laughs> you're just right. like dying from the dryness of it, you know? So uh, it's, it's the bread part really is just the f- foundational everything. Right. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of bakeries sort of branch out into sandwiches. You know, they start out as bakeries yep. and then, um, they're like, hey, well, let's just make sandwiches with this. You know, La Casita, I know we know them as a yes. as a great bakery, mm-hmm. um, but they have sandwich specials, like everything from chicken parmesan to cubanos and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. So um, I always sort of seek out the bread places and see. Yeah, that's a good place to start. <laughs> see uh, what kind of sandwiches they have. Yeah, that's why I miss Brown Bag because they had the, the Bresnan bread. Uh-huh. Uh, Bresden Bakery, which is now in McKinney, but the right. the bread they had there was so good. They had a patty melt right before they had to temporarily close right now. I hope it's temporary. Uh, right. They had a patty melt that was mind-blowing, and it was on a homemade rye. Awesome. And that can change. I mean, the, the good bread is obviously like, I mean, that's just something we humans did, invented, that we're like, we nailed it. We knocked it out <laughs> of the park with bread. Great work on bread, all of us humans. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for talking about sandwiches. I feel like we could do multiple segments on these. And we'll, you'll, we'll have to have you back on for a hot dog segment because a hot dog <laughs> yes. is not a sandwich, yes. right? No, no. Hot, <laughs> no, it's not a sandwich. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. <laughs> Stay with us. Coming up in our next segment, Sarah Blaskovich talks with Rangers insider Evan Grant again, but this time it's about all the fun new food at the ballpark. That's right after this. Hey, listeners, this is Christopher Wynn. I'm the arts and entertainment editor for the Dallas Morning News. And that, thankfully, includes the food team that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is that food stories are people stories. Restaurants say a lot about who we are, our culture, and the health and well-being of our communities. If you want to help continue supporting this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com listen. Welcome back, everyone. Right now, it's time to hear from Sarah Blaskovich and Dallas Morning News Rangers insider Evan Grant. They like to go out to eat together, and one of their favorite things to check out are the new foods at Globe Life Park in Arlington, now that baseball season is finally here. I know Evan's happy about that. Sarah and Evan were live on the scene recently at the ballpark, and they were tasting alligator corn dogs, and they both had some surprising takes on the vegan chicken salad. Hi to everybody. We are at Globe Life Field. I am Sarah Blaskovich, food writer for the Dallas Morning News. 
I'm Evan Grant, eater for the Dallas Morning News. <laughs> you also know a couple things about the Texas Rangers. Baseball and food, two great things that go great together. I want to start, Evan, with the chicken fried brisket sandwich because this is kind of a headlining thing. So you got slabs of brisket, brisket battered and fried. Breaded. There's a little bit of, uh, I guess this is sweet baby raised. Uh huh, sweet baby raised barbecue sauce, pickles and onions in there. So here we go. You get in there, you take the first bite and tell me what you think. It's quite good, but it, it's a little bit bready. I mean, with the Texas toast grill, mm -hmm. and then you add the breading on the smoked brisket. So it's a little bit bready, but the paste is fine. My take is brisket doesn't need to be fried and it doesn't need to be on a sandwich. You can do one or the other or you can do both. It's a little too much of both. I give it two bites. That means something. Yeah. Here, put that in it. All right, Evan. Now I want you to try some alligator. Try that, that is alligator andouille sausage. So we should have a little bit of um, Cajun spice in there. Battered and fried with mustard, because that's what you do on corny nuts. Right, don't put ketchup. Well? I have to do it. Here's the thing, Sarah. You know, people have always told me that alligator tastes like chicken, right? Yeah. In this case, it tastes like a corn dog. It tastes like you put andouille sausage in a, in a corn dog wrapper. Uh -huh. I don't believe this is Nolan Ryan alligator, although I would love to see like a picture of Nolan like wrestling an alligator. Yeah, that's that's on the promotional materials for next year. That would be we'll outstanding. Talk to him. I, and we'll talk I, to him. Like, I could see Nolan <laughs> just putting the alligator in a headlock <laughs> and punching the alligator. I differ in opinion from you. I like that and I would order that oh, instead I, of a regular hot dog or a corny dog. You would. I do. I think it's fun. I like the spice. Uh, I like the variety. Oh, no, no, I like it. I just, to me, it doesn't taste significantly different than a corn dog. Fair enough. It's fine. Yep. It just doesn't strike me as anything unique. So, I'm very excited about this. I am a chicken salad fanatic. I love it. This is fake chicken. What is this fake chicken made from? I believe it's soy protein and some other stuff. It's made to look and taste like chicken. I'm not taking a giant bite out of this today. Why not? No, because, I, I, because it's vegan and I refuse to do it. But isn't that like what we do here? Take a bite. We're a modest bite. Right. Does it taste like chicken? It tastes like a chicken salad sandwich. There's no doubt about it. I'm not isn't the world's biggest. Isn't that kind biggest. of amazing and brilliant? Because that's not chicken. It's not chicken. For anybody who's looking for a vegetarian option, this is passable. I mean, it looks like chicken. Vegan chicken, yes. It tastes like chicken, looks like chicken. I think this is delicious. I love a chicken salad sandwich. I think this tastes like real chicken. I think the trouble is the bread. I believe this is also vegan bread. Here, try that. It's a little too brittle. Um, it doesn't really hold up the chicken salad very well. But I would eat the vegan chicken salad in a cup or in a bowl, even without the bread. If you're going to be health conscious, and I say just go with the just vegan chicken. Just all the bread. But I disagree with you. I think this is good. As a meat eater, I think this is really good. I give it two bites. Yeah, well, that's better than me. Thank you for being a sport. Well, that was fun, and I think I mostly want to check out that alligator corn dog. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm hungry for food as well as a good ball game. You can hear more from Evan Grant about the Texas Rangers every Tuesday on Sports Day Insider. Just look for the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. Also, we want to hear from you as well. We want to know what y'all are eating, drinking, trying, and loving, and we want you to tell us about it. We want your questions too. So fill out our form at dallasnews.com slash food or email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. We'd love to share your thoughts on a future episode.
This show is produced by Natalie Kalmogun and Jeff Whittington. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Aaron Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.